This is a HeadGum Podcast. All right, week one is in the books. Let's chat about our two teams and the other 28 teams as well with Billy Scafuri. You're getting bucket buckets. Let's get right to it. Okay. The Lakers are 0-3. How are we Whoa. feeling? How are we feeling? You know I DVR'd the last game. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, sorry. Uh, I left, spoiler alert. I Russ think we doesn't hit the eight. big shot. We were up eight late in the game, and I was going to finish it after this recording. Okay, got it. Uh, no spoilers, but you're 0-3. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fair. That's good, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, my expectations were low, but I think this is below what I thought. I, w- right. I was afraid we'd sort of be in the same situation as last year, which is like a fine team with AD and LeBron and then like a really bad team without them. Right. I was hoping for your sake that it was going to be just like uh, growing pains. Russ's first year this year, he will have figured it out in the off season there or that Darvin ham will have corrected whatever Vogel was doing wrong. Neither of those two things seem to be the case. Yeah. It's been like a year of, will a coach have the audacity to bench Russell Westbrook? Right. And at what point is it like, Oh God, enough with that. Like, why, why does, why does it take audacity for a coach to like bench an aging star? Isn't that like, par for the course like why it's a, it's a Vogel fair question couldn't do it could dart like yeah can't darvin just say don't come into the game it's not like players are in charge of the substitution patterns it's like the, the nfl where it's like if you draft the first round draft pick you have to play them even <laughs> if they're bad it's because the owner spent so much money on this thing and i wonder if that's that holds true for the nba and in this rust situation he's getting what 50 million dollars to do this this year yeah he's well that was a contract that he signed with like OKC or Houston back in the day, and it's just been traded around for so long. Right. So it's but not the, like Lakers the Lakers accepted like, it. Yes. The Lakers, the Lakers said, it. we will pay that. Yeah. So maybe the owners are saying you can't just, but like the owners don't have that much control, do they? It's Genie Bus saying you have to finish the game with Russell Westbrook on the floor. He has to take the game winning shot. Who's We're the backup? Giving the most money. Who's the backup and who's the backup backup uh, to Russ? Uh, we have a whole like, platoon of mediocre point guards like austin reeves kendrick mm-hmm. nunn mm-hmm. pat beverly mm-hmm. uh lonnie walker and are they and i think i know the answer them giving you 30 minutes as opposed to russ giving you 30 minutes you're a better basketball team i think russ is the worst player damn so any player giving us 30 minutes would be better because a bad player would just like grab the ball and like pass it yeah. Whereas like Russ is like, I still think I'm the MVP. So like you guys are leaving me open. I got, I got to shoot it. Last year, all we talked about was Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, two guys who were like doing things how they wanted them done. Didn't yeah. even play. And somehow Russell Westbrook is on the bottom of the pile of that crew in terms of like Although, public sentiment. People do give Ben Simmons grief for not shooting. Mm-hmm. So like, Okay, so now we have two examples. What's worse? Not Mm. shooting at all, like Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons does. Right. Or it's like, you're wide open. You have to at least shoot. Otherwise, like the defense is going to leave you more and more open and it like ruins the entire offense. Right. Or Russell Westbrook, where it's like, you're open for a reason. Right. It's the equivalent of like Andre Drummond being open from 18 feet. He's not going to shoot it. We're giving Westbrook pretend to be like that. Yeah. Inept. Uh, You know, it's like Ben Simmons is surrounded by two of the game's best shooters. And LeBron. And that's the big problem. And that's, that's the big the rub. Yeah. That's the rub. No, but it's not like all the Lakers are shooting great and Russ is shooting bad. Exactly. This is They're it. all shooting bad and he's shooting the worst of the bad. And LeBron's shooting bad. I know his numbers are there, but like like just shooting wise from, from range, like he's not like locked in. Yeah, everybody's so, below their uh, career averages. And so it seems that much more unfair that these guys, that Russ is still somehow getting picked apart when nobody across the board is doing their job. You know, the questions yes. are always about Russ. He's playing the worst and getting paid the most, but That's like the problem. That's the big issue. <laughs> He's <laughs> getting paid the most and playing the worst. It feels and like there's been like three different times where you've said, that's the problem. Yeah, oh, that, that's, and that's the problem. And that's the problem. <laughs> that's we can't the, shoot. That's the problem. Right. We don't have anybody who can. Another problem. That's the problem. Russ is shooting a lot, not making any. The have you seen problem. any noticeable differences with Darvin Ham at the helm? A positive, Uh, like positive takeaways. I've noticed that like his substitution patterns are like very like he'll play like LeBron for five minutes and then sit him for one and then play another five and then sit him for two and then bring like LeBron is in and out. AD is in and out. Whereas like Vogel used to be like, 
LeBron plays eight minutes, then rests for four minutes. AD plays the first quarter, then rests. No, LeBron, Darvin Ham's like, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. I'm like, I can't even tell who's on the court right now. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Darvin Ham go on record as saying like he's not going to waste minutes for these guys early on in the season? Yes. Well, the the total amount of minutes isn't higher. It's more like the the frequency by which they're in out. Yeah, yeah. It's like what they did with Giannis, who I thought was like designed to play that way. But I guess mm-hmm. maybe it's a Milwaukee thing that they like. What is bringing he... Giannis to play in the second quarter where like he's playing against backups and then he can right. rest for four minutes and then come back. Right. But resting for one minute, I don't really even know who that benefits. Yeah, like the, it's not it really exactly benefit... one minute, but it is like he plays in shorter bursts, basically. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they can give more of their all like. Actually, oddly enough, defensively, the Lakers are like a top three team right now. Dude, I, I just heard that. I listened to Zach Lowe's podcast today, too. And yeah. He was, was like, oh, that's interesting. That. It was like, it is so clouded by the fact that you are so inept on offense. That's right. Right. What's easier to fix? Offense. I think. Okay, great. I needed to hear that. Yeah, I think <laughs> offense is easier to fix. It's a make or miss league, right? Like so these players going- aren't terrible players they're just not making their shots i don't know right now yeah but like this won't sustain for 82 games they won't be at shooting historic lows for 82 games right right like you can't shoot 18 percent from three for the year yeah like that's what shaquille o'neal would accidentally shoot you would think that we can at (laughs) least shoot the lowest ever and not the historically lowest ever oh so you're hopeful i mean are you hopeful i'm sort of just killing time i'm not hopeful with this team i'm killing time and hopefully we can tread water until we trade Westbrook like mm-hmm. that. The Westbrook of it all seems untenable. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. there's no like fixing that. There's not like, okay, Russ, you, we really need you to buy in and play this way. Like that's that ship has sailed. My fear is that LeBron and AD aren't enough to actually warrant what they're getting paid and how we perceive them. Mm. And if that's the case, then it's like, do you just trade AD? Do you just trade AD for five picks, five (laughs) first rounders? Do the the exact opposite of what the uh, Pelicans did? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Actually, trading him back there would be kind of fun because the Pelicans would love an Anthony Davis type. CJ, Zion. Yeah. Just just bring bring them all back. You get Ingram too. (laughs) A refund on everything. You guys can keep two picks. All right. Are you happy? There is something interesting about the... It feels like it always like goes back and forth, whether it's like a league where you need three stars or a league where you need 12 great basketball players on your roster. And this feels like a season where you need depth or you need like players on top of players. Yeah, the usually teams that have stars uh, are like like the Nets, for example. Sorry, but the Nets, for example, are just like on paper, they should be undefeated. They're one and two. Yeah, I think it's uh, one, the stars that we consider stars are like aging. So like, mm. we're like, yes, Kyrie, KD, Russell Westbrook, right. LeBron James. Like, right. wait a minute, these guys are 38 years old. They're so all like, on the redeem team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so they're not really stars anymore. If you were like Oof. redraft the league, Oof, like you tough. need a, you need stars in their 20s. There's not a lot yeah. of stars in their 20s. So like the Hawks are a good example of them. Where it's stars like in their 20s, yeah. Jonte Murray, Trey Young, John Collins. These are young stars. Yes, that's exciting. Right. That's a good place to be. Right. Um, uh, Milwaukee, Giannis is in his 20s. Cleveland. Cleveland, great. 20s. Cleveland, perfect young, example. Four younger 20s. 20s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. Oh, Boston yeah. is another one. Like Tatum, mm-hmm. Smart, mm-hmm. Brown, mm-hmm. late 20s. So they're like in their prime, but not too old stars. And dare we also include the New York Knicks in this pile of players? Ooh. We're not quite yet. Well, how old is Randall and how old is Brunson? Randall, I mean, when was he drafted? But he was a Laker first. Yeah, so 10 years ago. 15 or something. Okay. So maybe he's like late 20s. I think everyone is like mid 20s. Mitch, RJ's like 20. Yeah, um, RJ's super young. Brunson, I mean, we have, I guess Derek Rose is the veteran presence on the team, mm-hmm. but. We're like a sneaky, we fall into that lots of depth category. Watching Knicks games, it's like, all right, word. There doesn't seem to be a lineup where we have like to just like survive these four minutes. We have talent yes. most most minutes. Yes. And that's a great, I think, recipe for regular season success. Where like mm. just a barrage of players who don't necessarily get tired, who can like destroy the Pistons right. and the Magic and like compete with teams like that. Right. The issue that a team like the Knicks or like the Hawks last year ran into which is just like okay now uh the bucks are going to play Giannis 42 minutes and mm-hmm. the celtics are going to play tatum and brown 45 minutes each and then mm-hmm. the knicks are like all right well we can play quickly for 20 mm-hmm. minutes and that doesn't quite 
translate to like the shorter rotation of postseason success. It's as if the Knicks need to have like a dominant regular season so that they can learn that lesson when they inevitably lose in the playoffs. Like right now, we haven't had like a dominant regular season or playoff run. And it feels like we need to have a dominant regular season this season to have to learn that we need a bigger superstar next season. If that or makes sense. you have like that Clippers team that like overperformed without Kawhi and Paul mm. George. That when superstars are looking for a team, they're like, yes. oh, I want to sign with this team because they yes. are very good even without me. The pieces are in place. Yes, exactly. The watching the Knicks for the first three games of the season, I had a, I was surprised to feel like we did we don't we shouldn't have made that trade for Donovan Mitchell. As, oh, as amazing as Donovan Mitchell's been in Cleveland, it's like, oh, like 60% of this team isn't here for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, well, it would be RJ who's kind of struggling and then quickly in some other pieces and draft Top picks, in, right? in the future. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a healthy, healthy amount. Cam Reddish would inevitably be not on our team anymore. Who's also right. just like, he's, it's very funny watching Cam Reddish. I don't know how much Knicks you've watched, but he, this guy he dominated like, that first game I watched where they like brought him in. Oh, yeah, it was against the Grizzlies. Yeah. Like he's nobody like playing, expected him to play. He's playing very selfishly. <laughs> he's playing <laughs> to prove funny. a point. That's exactly it, though. And it's really funny <laughs> to witness because it's like, cool, this is great. But like, pass, dude. Yeah. Also pass. <laughs> like, he's like, I don't care what team I'm on. Like, I'm going to get 20 and eight and trade me. And I want to be the star of a bad team. He wants to do the Jeremy Grant thing where it's like, yes. give me a lot of money to be the best player on a bad team. Meanwhile, it's like, Cam Reddish, you play 16 <laughs> games a season, friend. Like, just Pump prove the that you belong. Prove yeah. that you belong. Although it's funny you mentioned the Donovan Mitchell thing because he's playing great and the Cavs yes. look great with him. Like he's like dominating in yes. a way that I didn't think he'd be able to. So I think that some of the inflation of stats is because, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but Garland has missed two games this season. So uh, he's like, I think that yeah. he is absorbing a lot of just like um, the usage on that yeah. team. But yeah. with that usage, he is incredible. 35, 9, and 8. 34, and 8, and 7. <laughs> you know, it's just like monster numbers. Yeah, and they look awesome. The Cavs are like one of the most exciting teams in the league, along with, of course, Utah and San Antonio, which was everybody's over our under darling. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Utah, I mean, there there was a people were saying, I think you even texted at one point. It's like Utah has to be taken seriously. Like, <laughs> does, does this sustain? <laughs> does you this sustain or is this just like teams slowly joining the season you know like the nuggets like rolling out jamal murray like yeah is it the first five games type thing uh maybe just because yeah. like that has happened before it's like orlando starts three and one you're like wow right. that was pretty good it's like okay well now they're four and eleven <laughs> yes oh, okay whatever i don't think about it anymore yeah the world makes sense again yeah but utah's like beating good teams convincingly yeah. like yeah. it's not like a random thing it's like oh laurie markin is averaging 25 points a game and then they beat denver Yes. They beat the Pelicans. They beat the Pels. I forgot yes, about in that. New that's, Orleans. that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that actually makes no sense. And it like went to overtime and Zion got hurt and the Utah yeah. just kept going. And Kelly Olenek had like a game winning layup. The clinic. Love it. Love it. So like at a certain, they're like on a weird precipice. Them and the Spurs where it's like, when do we have to actually start losing games? Well, that's the question. This is really fun. Yeah. But we don't want the ninth seed, I don't right. think. Ainge, what is Ainge thinking after every win? Like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like. As a what? fan, you're like, you want them to lose. But then you're like, wait a minute. It's fun to see them win, too. Right. Like, if they got the three seed, like, excuse me, if they got the third uh, draft pick. <laughs> They were just going, right. damn. Like yeah. those first three games, like, damn. <laughs> it was fun to see Kelly Olynyk hit a game winner, but also. So forgettable. I'd rather so our franchise be changed for the next seven yes. years. Yes, yes. You could almost make an argument that getting Wembanyama is better than winning a championship. Because it's like, like an investment. In five years, you're going to have three championships. Yeah, like the Lakers won a championship, but then they've been pretty bad before and after that. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Would, they, would they trade that title for 10 years of having the best player in basketball. Yes. I potentially. Think so. Potentially. Um, the fact that new Orleans has the Lakers, uh, they can choose to take the Lakers pick this year is devastating. I wonder if that's automatic or they have to sort of opt into it. How do you I think, think it's a choice? Yeah. I think so it's a like, choice. Let's do it. They'll say if they get the third. <laughs> yes. That is just like to see, to know that trade, know all the pieces of that trade. And then to see them be Owen three this season to like, and like, Bad optics. Yeah. It's like, oh, this could be the and also greatest. We have the Pelicans pick. It's like, great. After all that, we are going to have the 24th backwards. pick in the draft. <laughs> Everything went backwards. Yeah. Thank God we won that championship, huh? 
Otherwise, yeah. you look like a real group of wieners. It's true. It's true. That totally legitimate championship that no <laughs> one gives you any gruff for. <laughs> well, it's funny because a lot of like Laker haters, like when LeBron first joined the team was like, all right, you have AD now, but your team is still trash. Like right. you're, you're going to be as bad as they basically thought we'd be this bad mm-hmm. in 2019. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, we were awesome that a whole year, like mm-hmm. the one seed, we won like 18 Western Conference uh, games in a row on the road. <laughs> what happened? Like a buzzsaw. It was like, oh, wow, I guess the haters are wrong. LeBron and AD and just a group of role players is enough. It's and not now just Russ. We flipped it. It's just not, it can't just be Russ at this point. This is not one man's. I think really it's like blame the front office. Like yeah, the contracts it was the are trade. so. The con- it was the, the trade con- for Russ. Yes, it wasn't exactly. just Russ. It's not adding Russ to a good team. It was uh, taking the second or the third through eighth best players and turning them into Russ. Correct. And kneecapping any other options you can do with the roster. That's correct. That's yeah. it. And now yeah. you have Scotty Pippen Juniors and like all these dudes that are just like, all right, maybe. Yeah. Literal minimum players. Yeah. Um, that dunk. Have you seen Paolo Bancaro play live? Have you like sat on League Pass and watched Orlando Magic? Uh, you know, I have not. He bullies dudes. He's a big man. He's a big man, and it's so funny to me. The thing about I think it was the Drew League, or maybe it was uh the crossover. Like oh one yeah, of those, some like, Seattle League. Yeah, maybe it's uh Jamal Crawford's thing or something. Yeah, or, I can't remember. But uh, anyway, him and Dejounte Murray fighting. In like yeah. retrospect, it was like you were fighting a man. Yeah, Dejounte Murray. Like, yeah, Palabancaro is a full-bodied teen. <laughs> is he like six ten? He looks like he's. Like, I don't know. He's like he looks like Michael Porter Jr. Like he's like this. Yeah, like an adult human, but he's yeah. only nineteen years old. Yeah, I think so. He's just search. Orlando has been. I'm wondering because now you are on your first full season of League Pass. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have a That's League right. Pass account now. That's right. Yeah. So he's Orlando's six ten. Yeah. Two fifty. So Orla- even bigger than I thought. I mean, that's humongous. He's 19. 6, 10, 2, 15, 19. Teenager. Holy shit. So who are your league? Pa- if it's not Orlando, who's your league pass team? I've been watching some, I've been watching some Grizzlies and then I've watching like my, yeah, my teams, like the Raptors and the Pelicans, the, the teams I say that I drafted in the uh, over under. Okay. There you go. And um, now might be the time for you to brag about your over under draft in there. Because I don't know if you're going to be better than you are today. Yeah, this is basically as good as it gets. So I have the Spurs <laughs> over right off the bat. They look like they're pretty much halfway there. It was 22 and a half for some reason, the lowest, the lowest of the season. And they're three and one. That Insane. was great. Insane. That was great. Yep. The Sixers under also off to a hot start for me. They look They've... disinterested and kind of sluggish and old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did Grumpy. win last night. Grumpy, moody. The Spurs beating the Sixers. That one just felt like a double victory for me. And it was. That one was good. Uh, Pelicans over. They finally lost a game. Celtics over. They finally lost a game. But, you know, teams who are looking like they're on the up and up. Uh, And then I also have the Raptors over. Pretty solid. NBA experts love the Pelicans. They say, like, this is going to be the most fun team to watch this year. People are just falling in love with the Pelicans. They might be the good mix of, like, 20-year-olds who are really good and Mm -hmm. super deep. And then also they have Zion, who might be that superstar in addition. So, like, Mm -hmm. not a lot of teams have the superstar and the 20s somethings. Mm -hmm. CJ McCollum doesn't get enough credit. He's great. He's a a scorer. He was, like, he was the, he became that glue. It feels like he was the thing that that franchise needed. They, like, incredible talent, like, popping off the page talent. But, like, they needed something to just, like, bind it all together. And I think that's where CJ McCollum shows up. He'd be a good Laker, actually, now that I think about it, because he's good, good at shooting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like nine years um, when yeah. he's retiring. <laughs> we're shooting 9%. So No, you're not. As long as you can shoot 10. I think Russ is 8%. I think as a team, the Lakers are around 20, and Russ is about half. <laughs> God damn. And honestly, if you look at it, it, it seems worse. Like, I can't quite remember. We were watching that Lakers-Clippers game together. The Lakers made their first two threes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we're back, baby. And then they Russ still went over at 45. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it was a loud over 11. Too. It was funny. I don't remember if it was TNT or not, but after the game, like the desk, I, I think it was TNT, the desk got the stats and they were all like talking through it. And then somebody under the breath goes, over 11. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know he was an over. Like they didn't play that up in the broadcast. Just, if you're Russell Westbrook, like just try, try to get a layup. Like at that point, go one for 12, two mm. for 13. Like, just keep driving. Don't shoot the threes. It's the threes that really get you. Zach Lowe has put it perfectly. Russ has two shots. One is a gas pedal down layup, mm-hmm. and one is a jumper he can't make. 
Correct. So it's like, that's it. Those are the only two shots he takes in the game. And one so do he the doesn't make. So just do the layup. It's also like, isn't athleticism the thing that's supposed to wane first? And then you keep your shooting. Skill. Yeah. Skill Russ remains. still has his athleticism. So he's still fast-ish for his age. Mm-hmm. But he can't shoot anymore. So he's sort of Benjamin buttoning, declining in reverse. What would style. you guess? What would you guess? Physical versus mental being the issue with Russell Westbrook right now, percentage wise. Oh, like, good question. Uh, it's very, it's really close. I mean, that's the thing. Physically, he kind of looks like the, at least the guy from like Washington. That correct. was like pretty solid. Correct. <laughs> so it's gotta be a mental, like the shots. If I just, if you CGI the ball out of the shot, mm-hmm. it looks like a fast athletic guy jumping yeah. straight up, shooting the shot. Mm-hmm. It's the results that really look bad. Right. And there has to be something <laughs> at play when a man who has thrived off of confidence his yeah. whole life and like chest out me, me, me yeah. is in a place where everyone mocks him, teases him, calls him names, screams, don't shoot. The announcers on his two for one said, no, Russ, no. Yeah. No. Why are ball. you doing that? It's and like, these are nice guys. That's that will screw with one's mental. That will ruin your confidence. That will make you think twice. That will make you just be off. He's also from LA. So it's like, these are like my hometown and they all were getting very close to just booing him. Right. Yeah. Very close in the preseason. I feel like he was getting booed. Yeah. It's like, it's normal to boo a team. Like, oh, we're down 28 at half boo as you guys go off into the tunnel. Yeah. It's rare. Like. We're getting to the point where, like, imagine if one player, it's as if, like, he's coming back with the whatever Hornets next year and we're Mm -hmm. booing him. Like, tough, man. Why are you booing your own team? He is so hated. He is just so hated. I think it's it's the money thing, unfortunately. He shouldn't be the highest paid player. And that'll only happen for the next six months until he gets his next contract. I don't think anybody's going to be giving him that much more money after this year. You and I were talking about this at the bar yesterday. It's like, what does his next deal look like? You said a minimum, correct? Yeah, I think he's going to get like the Carmelo Anthony flyer. Like, you know what? Or the Kemba yeah. Walker where it's like, let's give him a shot. And if it doesn't work, we'll just cut him. Like he's not one for five. It, yeah, exactly. No, less like uh, less than the veteran, five million. <laughs> whatever every Laker is getting. <laughs> whatever the mascot gets. Yeah, exactly. $36,000 salary. What's one the year for 36000 It's like when the Warriors add like uh, Boogie Cousins and it's like, oh, okay, let's mm-hmm. just throw him in there and see what happens. Maybe he's a good culture. Boogie fit. Cousins was like coming off of like an Achilles and an ACL and every other injury. Russ just is missing jumpers. That can't yeah. Happen. It's a weird non-injury because he's never hurt too, which is honestly his feelings are hurt. either. The worst he, part is his feelings are so hurt. He has a torn ACL ego. of the mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has a torn ego. Yeah. <laughs> just a and, shattered ego. And the, the the coach wouldn't play him if he had like a bad hamstring or bad knees. Like, why is he playing right. him through this like bad mental bad hurdle move. that he's on? Exactly. Right. right. He's him back in yeah. Kawhi Leonard style, playing the last four minutes of the first half. And then Can the we talk second. about that for a second? Can <laughs> That's we talk a weird about- system. Unprecedented. I talked to Spencer yesterday, who was like a season ticket holder with the Clippers. Clipper and he fan. Knows, yeah. He just like, and he's like on Clipper text chains and he's asking friends. And I was like, it's the most unusual rotation I've ever seen. I've never seen a basketball player come in with six to go in the second. Yeah, fourth. the ninth player in the game is Kawhi yes. Leonard. And then he starts the second half. And so the explanation <laughs> he got from Paul Shear was that, I guess it was like another diehard Clipper fan, is uh-huh. that once he's in, once he starts playing, he doesn't want long breaks in between. So he doesn't want to play four minutes, one quarter, four minutes, the next yada yada. Okay. He wants to like start. And then once, so he's playing two and a half quarters a game. Okay. Does that make sense? No. So, okay. Let me try again. <laughs> so he plays right before halftime. That's the explanation. That's, and that's his kickoff. That's his kickoff to the game. Now he's in and he's playing regular rotation minutes. He, he doesn't want to play. He shouldn't play right before halftime if he only wants to play without a break. Because like, that's, if that's the, the explanation, break. yeah, then don't play right before half. Then you, that's yeah, the longest break of all. You've got me cornered. You've got me cornered. I don't <laughs> know what to say mate. to that. Yeah, and checkmate. I'm I'm not doing the rotation minutes, but that is a very valid point of view. He also like missed the game, so it's like we're easing him back from injury. Okay, right. that's fine. That happens all the time. Right. We're playing in the last four minutes, seven minutes of this uh, second quarter, halftime. Next game, not playing. Yeah. Next game, back to that original rotation. Starts the second half. 
this is him. Is this good? Is I this think, good for the Clippers? I, honestly, I don't like the Clippers. So like, I don't want them to succeed, but they're a very talented team on paper. Talent. They seem not on the same wavelength spiritually vibe wise as a squad right now. Well, they're playing two different games, right? Like when they played the Lakers for the first quarter and a half, they actually looked like a pretty good team pre Kawhi. And then the Kawhi ball. came in. Yeah. Just like finding their groove. And like, this is our team. Kawhi came in and it's a totally different team. It's ISO ball. It's like, all right, we're going to rotate differently. We're going to space differently. <laughs> and it's like, that's annoying. We were just playing well. Like, <laughs> That's sort of the story of the last five years of the Clippers where they were like right. overperforming with Lou Will and Pat Bev. And then it's like, right. okay, let's bring in Kawhi and Paul George. It's like, oh, we're underperforming. We have right. Kawhi and Paul George. We got eliminated in the bubble. Oh, Kawhi and Paul George are out. Or Kawhi got hurt. Now that we're making it to the conference finals, there's right. more room for everybody. Right. And then, okay, now Kawhi's back and they look kind of dead again. So, And Norm Powell's like playing very poorly right now. And he's great too. And he's great too, but it's like, I can also be sympathetic to the fact that he doesn't know his minutes or he doesn't know his role with Kawhi. Right. Like it just, it's such a disruptor. Right. Like you'll start until Kawhi is ready to play. And then at that point you'll go to the bench, but until then Kawhi will only play the last seven minutes of the first half. So right. be ready somewhere around then. And like his fit next to Paul George too, this is Norm Powell. It is a little confusing, I guess. Like whose shot is it? Who's this? <laughs> who, who do we want shooting the ball? Yeah, or you know? John Wall and Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson was the man last year. Right. Now we're he, like, forget you. We got John Wall now, who's the older version of Reggie Jackson, who's yeah. ending the games. I, I've watched him a little. I've watched the Clippers-Lakers game and some like trickle-down stuff from the Clippers this year, and people are really high on John Wall. And yeah. part of me is like, I get it, but why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> right. This like, isn't like a bad team, and he's like, look at John Wall go. This is like right. a good story. Like, right. you guys are the pro maybe the title favorites trying to audition this older point guard and and why uh, cheer him on. Yeah. You, do you need John wall? Like, do would you, you be fine yeah. without John wall? Do you? I yeah. mean, he is, he's kind of playing like Derek Rose. Like he is playing like fast and mid range shots. He's not like trying to be the old, like, you know, I want and that's like, a good, shoot. that's a good Go comp. On. Cause it's like two point guards who were awesome in their early twenties got super mm-hmm. hurt. And now it's like, let's see them. Let's give them a second chance post injury. Right. And see if they could become, you know, not the man, but like a really great player in that role. Right. And when Tibbs used Rose out of like necessity, <clears throat> when like Alfred Payton went down, he was like playing like 32 minutes. And suddenly he was like, he shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, like his body shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but, but the Knicks have him perfectly positioned now where he's like coming off the bench and just like the second unit captain. And you could just see him like so much more comfortable, like with these 20 minutes. It's like nice to see him used correctly. Which brings us back to Russ. He can't be that. Like, he can't be the Derrick Rose. Like, he can't be the John Wall where it's like, um, play for five minutes a half, but like, give it your all and do not shoot anything. The answer is no, because he can't make any shots. So either way. But it's so unfortunate that the one time, like, the stars aligned and Russ came off the bench, he got hurt in the preseason. Sixth man, go I'm on I'm about that. Yeah, I'm, I see not, it. I'm rolling my eyes about that a little, a little bit because he did say that he got hurt because he came off the bench. Well, he did say that it could have played a part in like him, like how he warms up for games. And then so he didn't exactly say this is why I got hurt. Have you ever seen an, a professional athlete strain a hamstring in any capacity and be good to go the next day? No, not a hamstring. That's a fair. You think he just faked the injury completely? <laughs> it's weird to say that, but it's also weird for him to be like, the one game I came off the bench, I hurt my hamstring, but also I'm fine. I'm fine. Just start me. I'll be fine. Yes. So why did didn't they commit hamstring? to it? Why didn't they commit to it? Like, why, yeah, like, why didn't they that, do it again? They didn't learn anything that like day. Exactly. I don't know. Ex- Exactly. That's that's such a fair point. They didn't learn what they wanted to learn one way or the other. So why not try it again to see if you can get the answer you were looking for? I've had some people in my life being like, Laker fans should be rooting for Russ to play a lot and to play poorly just to like speed things up. Like if they like hover around 500 and they start getting the thinking that maybe Russ isn't that bad or he can be pretty good, but ultimately it's not good enough. Like let's fucking accelerate this thing. Let's have him show him that he's not good bench him or cut him as fast as possible and then trade him shortly thereafter. And especially if you're a team that's trying to lose, what better, what what better example? Trade him for what really? 
Like what, uh, what does he a want? A Charlotte package. If they're uh, they're trying to lose and they're like, we're winning too many games, you guys can have Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. Just give us some picks. I don't think that Charlotte's going to do that. Well, they would do that if they think they're going to be like the 11th seed and they'd rather try to tank for Victor. But so they would get rid of those contracts, but they're taking on Russ, who's going to disappear, obviously. They need yeah. the 27 and 29 picks yeah. also, right? Yeah, it would be plus those those assets. It just doesn't seem, I don't know, man. Like if I'm a Lakers fan and this is another person in your, like I know you're saying just speed it up, yada, yada. But if yeah. I was on the other shoulder, I'd be saying, or root for him to be awesome and you guys get awesome and win games because Russ finds his groove again. Yeah, like, that isn't would, that what you should be? That sounds for? really unlikely. And so I'm already, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole thing where it's like, we just need Harden to be MVP Harden again. It's like, okay, but that's not how it works. When a player gets <laughs> oh, turns God. 29 and starts getting worse and then he becomes 34, he's not, all right, let's go back to the prime Harden. Like that's, you can't, you can root for magic. It doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen. You he's know? not a good basketball player anymore. It's fair. And I don't know what the age difference is, but just to peel off of the Lakers for a second, it's like people are also said like, well, if the Blazers want to be great, like Dame has to return to that, like 40 points a game scorer, And he has, and therefore a no. So like some things are possible. Sometimes it's possible. Yeah. Right. But Dame is a much better shooter even before the injury and isn't as old as Westbrook. Are they the most, um, are they the most surprising team in the NBA right now? Or is Utah still? Uh, I would go, uh, yeah, it would probably be Portland, Utah, and San Antonio being like 10 and two right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sh- I don't know if a lot of people had Portland, Utah, and San Antonio crazy 10 and two. I think they're all Utah and Portland are in the same division too. So Portland has that. We're all six, seven energy, like yeah. just wings <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Jeremy Grant is solid for them. Josh Hart is playing well for them and Gary Trent or sorry, not Gary Trent. Um, Gary Payton. Too, oh yeah. GP hasn't even played yet. Oh really? Yeah. So he'll be in a, an even bigger addition. And the weirdest thing is the Lakers almost beat them. Like the Lakers are awful. Well, and we Lakers almost have, gave them the a Lakers fucking have been L. In fights. I mean, the truth is you're Oh, and three, but like, what was the, the first game? How did that end? Oh, that, that was, was the Warriors State. blew us out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But then the Clippers, I felt like it wasn't like, it was striking a game distance. for most of it. Yeah. It was yeah. striking distance. And then just Portland clipped you. Like yeah. they just like came up late and like right. gotcha. I mean, Dame time, but it's, so it's like, that's I why it's know. such a small sample size that you can't right. be like Utah's a three and one team. And that extrapolates out to 60 and 20. It's like, well, they could right. also been one in three and now they're a 10 win team. Like, right. It's just, you don't know if the first four games are indicative of the whole season or they're just like at any given point in the season, a team will go three and one. That doesn't mean they're actually good. It's very funny to follow Zeus's um, journey of picking Sacramento over with the first pick. That was such a sexy pick, too. Like, everyone loved the King. The Kings are frisky. We're all in on the Kings. 33 is too low. They're going to make the play, and I think they might make the playoffs. They're 0-3. 0-4. Instantly. No, they're the Kings. Yeah, they're the Kings. But you know what? I, like, he's not alone because I didn't know what to do with my first pick, and I took Denver's over, and, like, they look pretty... They look middle of the pack. They look like a six seed in the West. Right. Or unless they're playing the Warriors and then they they, they beat, they perform Weird. well against good teams and then Weird. don't come to play against the bad ones. And it's maybe yeah, they got smart last night by Portland. Yes. They gave up like 140 to the Blazers. Yeah. I don't know. Something's weird about that Denver team. Like watching them too. It's like optically, they don't, I guess Jamal just needs to get his like wings or something, but it's not, there's nothing dominant. When watching that team, there is something about a team that overperforms without stars, like the Jokic Nuggets the last few years, where it's like we didn't have Murray or Porter Jr., but like we're already a 50 win team mm-hmm. even without those guys. Mm-hmm. The Clippers without Kawhi and Paul George, mm-hmm. uh, the Nets before Kyrie and Katie got there. Mm-hmm. A team that overperforms and is like a 48 team without stars, just when they add stars, does not just then make them a 65 win team. Sometimes it's the exact opposite because all those role players are like who are excelling in their smaller or bigger role are now not emboldened to do as much as they did. Mm-hmm. And the superstars kind of create this weird energy. Yeah. Like the first 15 games back from like ingratiating those superstars, it's like you can almost should expect them to lose. Cause like now suddenly no one really knows what to do on the court. Like when yeah, the superstars like are gone, is, 
giving up too much. Like maybe they were so good because Jokic was doing everything. Well, that's it. And and beyond that, people just had expectations. Everyone knew what they did, what minutes they played. Now suddenly these new stars are coming back and everyone's like, all right, how do I fit into this? And that's right. not team ball. You know, that's superstar ball, which is frustrating and takes time. And what's been working for teams like recently is like the um, Milwaukee model where it's like, we're grinding away. We got to the playoffs final. We lost mm-hmm. in the conference finals. So mm-hmm. We finally got over the hump. Now we're champions. Right. Like a team that's been through the fire, almost kind of like Philly has, but <laughs> isn't that good? Uh, a team that's gotten close a few times and hasn't gotten over the hump versus mm-hmm. just like adding superstar X to a great team. Although I will say Kawhi, <laughs> adding Kawhi to the Raptors worked out pretty well for them too. Yeah, that's kind of, that's an outlier. That's <laughs> an outlier. So maybe there's, there's two ways to build a great team. It's interesting how like teams that kind of just ran it back from the previous year in the East that like were supposed to be dominant this year, the Sixers and the Heat are both one in three. Yeah. The Close Heat starts. seem to be like sliding under right now where no one's really talking about them. But yeah, I do wonder if like we've seen the Heat you know what I mean when I say that? Like we've we we've know seen the best a, of the heat. We've seen the best of the heat, I think. Yeah. Right. That's another one of their their best players on the other side of 30. Mm-hmm. So like is there a world where they trade that to get like to build around Bam and those younger guys? Bam mm-hmm. and Struess and Hero. That's like yeah, a really Hero's their basis. best player right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know how old Kyle Lowry is, but he's like, I think secretly older than we're giving him credit for. Yeah, he's like up there in the 30s with Chris Paul. He's right. Uh, He's on even older than the Derrick Rose generation, I think. That's right. That's right. He's on the Rockets, like with Yao Ming or something. He was a very old player. Yeah, he was traded around a bit, wasn't he, before he kind of found a home in Toronto? Yeah, he was on the Rockets and then went to Toronto and then he was there for like eight or nine years and now mm-hmm. he's left there. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Bulls at two and two as well. Like there was a, people were like, this team is toast. They're they're an 0 and 4 squad. At least yeah. on our Zoom, everyone's like, the under is the play. The under is the play. But I watched a little bit of them and it just seems like everyone cares. It just seems like everyone's playing really hard in that. The that guy Io or Ao, their yeah, uh, point Ayo. guard. Yeah, yeah, that guy's great. Yeah, he's really fun to watch, and he's like the fear was losing Lonzo is like losing a limb, but he seems to be playing hard. Yeah, and Caruso's still there and playing well, and DeRozan is still just awesome. <laughs> like Dude, for, for all the thinking that last year was an aberration, it's like no, he's still an awesome player. When he went on that like thirty point or forty point a game streak and was hitting like. Game winner after game winner. Was that the first half of the season or the second half? Uh, I think that was the, more of the first half than the second. Right. Because didn't they come out like like guns blazing? Yeah, that's season? when Lonzo and Caruso were both in the lineup for them. That's right. And yeah, they were all just like, right. They were just running, running, running. Yeah, I'm trying to think like watching them now. I'm like, oh yeah, 41 was the right line. Like they're two and two now and they're going to be 19 and 19. Then they're going to be 30 and 30. And they're going to be 41 and 41 when it's all said and done. Like they're exactly that. Right. And also like a lot of these early sketch, early uh, records are often just indicative of like what teams you've played. Like mm-hmm. good call. the Bulls lost to the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are great. And then they beat like Orlando. Orlando's not good. The Knicks the same way. They lost to a Memphis team and then they beat Orlando and Detroit. Mm-hmm. That's a good curious call. to see what happens like when the Knicks play another good team. Like who do the Knicks play coming up? I wonder if it's like they play the Celtics anytime soon mm-hmm. or Cleveland. Yeah, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know the next schedule coming up. We did look very good yesterday, granted against Orlando, but like, oh, we have pace and the garden was rocking. It was just like, yes. oh, this is good. This is good. So tomorrow they play the Hornets, another easy-ish game. But mm-hmm. then uh, it's at Milwaukee, at mm-hmm. Cleveland versus the Hawks versus at Philly versus Boston, at Minnesota, at Brooklyn. So that'll Oh, shit. Up. Oh shit. <laughs> shit. You'll know a lot more about the Knicks after 10 games than we do after four. And that goes with every team. I am of that little run that you just mentioned. I'm very curious how they play against the Cavs, followed by the Hawks. If we could pull out two wins in those two games, that will really tell me something like how yeah. we shake out. Because that's like in a perfect world. And granted, the Hawks and Cleveland should be better than us this year. But in a perfect world, like we're kind of in that lump of teams throughout right, the like- season. The four, five, six versus like the yeah. seven, nine. Yeah, we're not one, two, three. We would take nine, ten, but like in a perfect world, we are like a forty-five win, forty-seven win team this year. You and want to avoid uh, the play-in. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good goal for the Knicks because yeah. I mean, and that's not just Nick fan speaking. Like just based on what I've seen, like they're very, they're competent. They're competent, and they don't look like that slow ISO 
kind of half court Thibodeau team. Like it seems like something has gotten through to them. And I think that's something is just, we have a point guard now. And uh, Hartenstein playing well too. Dude, man, we <laughs> love him. We absolutely love I mean, that's just, he's so built for New York. Like New York just loves those gritty guys who just dive on the court and do all that. That dude, yeah. that dude hustles hard. And of course he's left-handed, which means he's going to fit in on this roster. Cause yeah. it seems like half the Knicks just happen to be left-handed. We are probably a quarter lefty. Yeah, Brunson, RJ, Randall, Hart, Hartenstein. That's already and how many matter? Is it 15? Is it 15 on the roster? It, yeah. Or, Are we so missing anybody? I mean, we're basically sitting at uh 25 percent there. <laughs> That's gotta be a record. Who else is on that team? I thought there was another lefty. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking of like four that were playing at the same time. Yeah, I mean, when you just see like three lefties on the court at the same time, it's like you check your television settings, you know, it's like seems like something is flipped. Everybody but RJ is playing well. Yeah. And, you know, truthfully, like RJ doesn't seem to be playing poorly. Like, obviously, his shooting numbers are down, but uh, like I'm seeing him all over the court and I'm in the I think it was Memphis. I think it was the Memphis game. Like he was guarding jaw for most of the game. Like we were yeah. putting him on the star, which in and that'll of tire itself, you out. Yeah, that'll tire you out. And it's also <laughs> just like that says something about your defensive abilities. Right. It helps to have a guy that's like young, long and athletic enough to just chase these people around. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big dude, man. Um, are there any teams that we're missing? I feel like that we have sort of hopped around enough. Detroit, Washington, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dallas is pretty good. <laughs> Dallas has played two games. Doesn't that seem funny? Like I know <laughs> you've played three, but like somehow two feels like well, yeah. Portland's played four, and yeah. the Mavericks have only played two. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a weird wrinkle. Right. Milwaukee yeah. doesn't play again until December. That's weird, huh. right? That <laughs> yeah, because they've sense. only played two, they, and they play fifty-two games in December. <laughs> I think they just forgot about Milwaukee. We forgot like when you're about Milwaukee. writing a poster and you run out of room. Milwaukee has two double headers That's during very Christmas. It's <laughs> very funny. Unfortunately. Um, thoughts on the Suns before we peel out? Uh, Suns are solid. They're, the vibe check is still not great with them just because I don't know what the hell happened with the Jay Crowder situation and the DeAndre Ayton situation and the way they but lost Aiton last looks year. Good. But Ayton looks real good this year. I think tonight will be a fun game. They're playing the Warriors. That's like, mm. that's the test. I mean, honestly, the big test was the fact that they came back against Dallas because they looked like they were cursed and broken as a franchise. Yes, and then they turned it around, game, which was a awesome. very funny game. Yes. That was a uh, very tonight, surprising game. Tonight, they play the Warriors. Like, if they beat the Warriors and then they also beat the Clippers yesterday, you can, like, uh, I think you could put them in the, the top four the this year. Yeah. And I mean, like, the vibe seemed off in the offseason, but that's also just like headlines. You know, we're just like going off of what we're reading. Like in the game, it doesn't seem like anyone hates one another. It doesn't seem like Aiton is holding a grudge. Like they all seem to be doing their job. Granted, CP3 like got steamrolled by Luca. Uh, yeah, but, you know, yeah. that's just like that's everybody. That's a body type thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a body type thing. I think we're gonna be okay there. Luca also did that to John Morant, so I guess anything is possible. Yeah. I, again, I mean, he's just like a a bowling ball. Like he's, he's just like so thick. He's so thick. He like then you think of Ja, who's like the exact opposite. He plays ja exactly leaf. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Jaw's a wet leaf. He's just he just glides through the air. Like his blocks are better than his dunks. Him missing blocks <laughs> and still just like slapping the backboard is better than half of his dunks. The guy is must watch. It must be so fun to root for Jaw. Like when he has the ball in a breakaway, you're like, oh, watch this. He's going to jump from near the free throw line. Mm -hmm. Wait until a big tries to block him. Contort <laughs> his body, get Cock a foul, right. and then maybe dunk over him or just lay it up and in. But he rarely misses. He's one of the most dynamic basketball players I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Not it's a the easiest way of putting it. Yeah. No, he is one of the most dynamic ever. It's, it's kind of like, remember like Derek Rose's MVP season? We're like, oh God, he's jumping over people. Oh Lord, he's yeah. two-hand tomahawk jumping and dunking over people. It's the two-hand tomahawk that like puts you in your own class. Rose yeah, did it you, and Morant does it. It's the coolest dunk there is. It's because you jump up and your head is at the rim and you can sort mm -hmm. of like do whatever you mm -hmm. want. Yeah. <laughs> and you cock back and send it. Yeah. The Thunder still suck. Yeah, something. Yeah. I mean, the things never change, you know. Some things never change, and also we should just congratulate you on an extremely viral tweet in the off season. The chat, the chat, and Have we talked about the chat. I don't know if we talked about the chat or that chat saw your tweet. Chat saw my tweet. You sent me a picture of Chet's leg. Thank you. Thank you for the credit. And then I said, "Can I tweet this with the caption, the new NBA logo?" Because it did kind of look like 
a Jerry West like <laughs> diagonal, <laughs> but as a leg. <laughs> but it's like the Jerry West is a silhouette, which is kind of like a leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> And then I actually joked about it going viral just because it was such a stupid, quick thing. Yeah. And then it actually did, which is nice to see. Have you ever had a tweet go bigger? Like it had 60,000 likes. Yeah, I think that's the most. That was the most. And then when the Instagrams started stealing it and like House of Highlights started using it. Yes, yes, yeah. Completely And then Chet Holmgren commented on the House of Highlights post. Yes, he said, I don't see it. But he said with, and you with think the, he was joking? In yeah, a, he like, was because he had joke. no, because he had tears coming out of his eyes emoji. Got it. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to actually hurt Chet's feelings. I told you about the tweet I sent about LeBron, and it started going viral, and I felt so bad I had to delete it. Zero from one from the hairline. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's so funny, and it, I felt so bad. It was. It was. The tweet was catching so much fire, like right out the gate, that it was going to be seen by LeBron. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't want that. I just don't want that. <laughs> I don't need to be mean. I don't need to be mean, especially to someone that I may work with one day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was the guy who did that hairline joke. I'm sorry. Uh, the Thunder have lost to Minnesota, who I guess is not very good. Denver, who's still pretty good. And then Minnesota again, who's not very good. Wow. We're the, Thunder's, <laughs> the Thunder's next two games are... This Minnesota. is very rare. Not the home and home, but the back-to-back home games against the Clippers. What? Yeah. The Clippers tonight and then Clippers tomorrow, both at home? That's correct. Just let them play a six-quarter game. <laughs> One six-quarter game. A doubleheader. That's worth two. Don't make us go through the fucking the motions to do it again against one of the greatest teams in the West. What compelled the schedule makers to do that? I can't I, think of a reason. I, I think they started doing that after COVID just because like to minimize travel like that never happened before 2020. I and then COVID hit ever and it's happening. like, oh, we'll have more series. So it's like the Lakers don't have to travel to fucking Dallas twice. They'll go to Dallas. They'll play twice and then they'll leave. Like that's for the entire season. The Lakers are playing the Thunder. The Clippers are playing the Thunder twice and it's happening back to back games. That is just so weird. I mean, like you schedule road games where it's like you do your texas tour you do your northeast tour you go to san you know like you hit dallas you hit san antonio you hit houston like it's like calculated so you're always near the next game yeah they're always routing yeah but it's just like why do you have to just fly to oklahoma city for three nights <laughs> <laughs> that's the weirdest shit i think it's in honor of that uh game 82 they played two or three years ago where both teams were purposefully trying to lose mm. and it ended in some sort of weird anti-basketball experiment I I think the Clippers ended up losing that one. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah, they like were trying to the Clippers were trying to lose to like play yeah, to avoid the Lakers and then they end up playing the Nuggets anyway and then the the Thunder were trying to lose to get a great draft pick. So it was like it turned into some weird game where like they were playing G League players yes. that were called up yesterday to try yes. to lose. Those are the best days on FanDuel. Those are the <laughs> absolute best days on FanDuel. When the guy doesn't even have a picture. Everyone is $3,500. Yeah. <laughs> like you have $11,000 extra in your bank because you just don't know where to put it. There should be an oral history about that game. Like, mm. yeah, I was at home uh, eating a cheeseburger and the Clippers called me and they said, do you want to start on Wednesday mm. against the Thunder? <laughs> I said, well, I kind of got to finish this burger. And they were like, take your time. Take your time. Uh, we would just love to have you. If anybody's at in and or around Oklahoma City, uh, tickets for that second Clippers game are as low as four dollars right now. In oh, Jesus Christ! That's because everyone thinks it's a typo, and that second game isn't actually happening. <laughs> no, because the first game is five dollars. Jesus, five dollar NBA game. That's not bad. I, it's great. I, it's just so weird. You don't even play back-to-back home games in the playoffs. Like you at least have a day in between or something. It's just so I <laughs> oh, know there is a day it's in like, between. It's Tuesday, Thursday. It's Tuesday, Thursday. Got it. Oh, yeah. okay. A little less weird. Still, extra, what are they doing on Wednesday? Just chilling. They're taking in the day. Just Oklahoma City. Maybe they'll go to the bombing museum. Okay. Yeah. The Timothy McVeigh Museum or whatever. Yeah. See what's going on okay. there. Weird. That's very weird. But I mean, it's going to be a weird season for Oklahoma City one way or the other. Uh, all right, that's it. That's the first week recap. We we tried to hit everybody. I'm sure something crazy will happen as soon as we hang up, or we can talk more uh, after week two. Who knows what the Lakers' record will be by then? Amir, do you think we're going to pepper in any of those Twitter lives or whatever they're called this season? Oh yeah, we should do that since we learned that we shouldn't be in the same room for that. We can always yeah. do that on uh, on Twitter from our respective homes. Yeah, we're going to be. Uh, I'm going to be in New York for the next week and a half, so uh, maybe that's the play for one of these uh basketball nights that's a fun idea are you going to a knicks game 
you know, I may just try. There's no Whoa. reason not to. Whoa. It's really about just seeing which friends of mine have Nick's season tickets at this point. Do, do any of them? Well, that's what I'm going to find out as soon as I can. <laughs> Let's look at the schedule. Let's see what we got here. What are your options? Uh, first Charlotte tomorrow. That'll be a tough one. You that's can't tough. take the rare red eye into the MSG appearance. Mm, that's gonna That mm. might be too late of a night for you. Yeah, I think I'm asleep. Wednesday, November 2nd against the Hawks. Are you in town for that one? <clears throat> I am. I'm leaving the fourth. That's your main. That's, your, that's, the that's game. your game. That's yeah. the game. I think that's the game. Just lay into uh, Trey Young again for him to yes. break our hearts again. You should start tweeting at Tracy Morgan. See if he can take you. Okay. I'll tweet celebrity at Tracy Morgan. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you your, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Um, while I am away, mm-hmm. this is who the Lakers are going to play. Okay. You have Denver. That's a win. Minnesota. Oh, easy W. And Denver. Oh, classic. Yeah. Just run it back, baby. New Orleans. Send it. Let's revenge game. And then Utah. Utah might. That's honestly the scariest part. Four and one. That's a four and one. Because I could see the Jazz just sort of bringing the heat, making us run up and down the court. I I would be happy with. Yes. That's five games you listed? Five games. Yeah. So that's that's the record after eight. Two and six. That's my prediction. Two and six. And, uh, but it's going to take more than just losses. It has to be a spirited loss. I need to see some energy and intensity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last year, there was too many blowouts, too many. We're too old for this shits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to see some Anthony Davis, six block, two steal performances and a loss Crazy. for me to feel good. Two and six. And honestly, if my fingers are crossed that Westbrook is not even on. He's he's on the jazz by then. So by the time that jazz game comes, <laughs> is that in LA or Utah? Uh, the jazz game is in LA. That's the Russell Westbrook revenge game. Okay. That's and my hot prediction of the day. And then you have Utah just a couple days later. Um, and then can we play them again? Is there a world where we just play the jazz until the playoffs start? I mean, you go Denver, not Denver, Denver. Then That's you go okay. Utah, not Utah, Utah, Utah. So it seems like there is like some sort There's of a pattern here. Forming. There's yeah. a formula. Yeah. All right. We're, so, uh, we're... Utah, if you want to, if you want Victor Wembanyama. You're going to have to give us Malik Beasley, Mike Conley, mm. a Hernan Gomez or two. Is that what you want? We need something. We need something to like, holy shit, new players. Like, you know, like change the mojo. These fucking players only meetings aren't doing enough. Malik Beasley? That's Beasley's a bucket. You're saying he can't shoot 22% from three? Listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to hate on Beasley. I'm not going to be roped into hating on Beasley. It's just <laughs> crazy to me that you're like, "All we need is Beasley." We <laughs> need an average player. Just give us Remember who was who was on our team in the bubble? It was KCP, Kuzma, Caruso, hey, Rondo. Listen, you're not allowed to say that. You're not We need those level of anymore. players. You yeah. traded all of them. You had them. You traded them. Zubac for yeah. Muscala. Oh my God, if we can have Muscala on our team right you now, trade are you Zubac kidding me? For Muscala. And if for we that, still that had is, a stretch five like that, that's your curse of the Bambino. That's your, that is your you'll never <laughs> we win had a won championship. the championship after that trade. How can that be the curse? It's a different kind of curse. It's complicated. It has little, <laughs> it has clauses, but it goes one way and then swings back the other. That was Magic Johnson saying, Oh, they're going to hate this. And I'm out. <laughs> Goodbye, I'm out. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to be here next year. That <laughs> meme. God damn. Uh, all right, right, Billy, where can right. people hear more of you? Uh, no joke podcast. Also on head to come, you know, the drill. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Sweet. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week or so. Ciao. All right. That was a HeadGum original.